They're still alive. I'm Glenn Crooks, Roberto Abramowitz, and this is NYCFC Views. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. NYCFC Views. Collins approaches the shot, and New York City wins the first MLS Cup on their first try. And they're going crazy. The Major League Soccer! The sickest New York City FC podcast. It's gonna be sick. All right. Orlando City, no goals. New York City FC, two goals. That's the most recent result. And uh, it was a, a wonderfully played game by New York City. And now Toronto is on deck coming up on Saturday. So we're going to go through all this. Uh, we're going to have the highlights of uh, a, a Spanish commentary goal call and an English commentary goal call. Uh, it's nice to be able to call some goals. Roberto, how are you? And I, before we get started, and I, I want you to humor me for a couple of minutes, okay? Go right ahead. Because the one thing that uh, I know we share is mm-hmm. a, a love for radio, correct? Yes, correct. I mean, we just, we both grew up with transistor radios, you know, next to our ear while we're watching our favorite teams, whether we're in the stadium. Um, I, I'm going to start out by saying uh, I'm still disappointed that we don't have more supporters that actually listen to both of us on the radio, whether it's the Spanish commentary or the English commentary. We have hundreds that listen to every game. We know that we have a record of it, you know, and sometimes a big game, it'll get into the thousands. But we know that um, not everybody that uh, follows NYCFC will, will tune into us. So uh, just putting out uh, maybe a bit of a, not a plea, but it, it would be nice for uh, those who are, support the team in particular. But even if you don't and you just uh, enjoy the game, because the one thing I'll say, Roberto has Ariel Hudis, who knows more about MLS than any of the four of us that do broadcasts. He's and he's he grew up in Argentina, and he's got this uh, real feel. And he and he listens to Argentinian radio every morning. He knows what's going on there. We have and so many Spanish too. We have so many South yeah. Americans in the league. So, and then I've got Matty Lawrence, who played over 650 professional games in England as a central defender for for teams like Mill, uh, Millwall, Fulham. Crystal Palace. And yes, he's a cynical British guy, but he's you know what? funny as hell. Yeah, it's just a, you know, I think it's an entertaining broadcast, but yes. informative as well. So, uh, so that's my, uh, that's my little play. But I love radio so much, and I came to the facility today. We're at, uh, we're in Orangeburg uh, after training on a Friday. Does it say Orangeburg there? No, it says Etihad City Academy, Football, Football Academy. Academy. Which is the training facility, yeah. Right. Etihad. Yes, I, uh, I call it. I sometimes just simply call it the New York City training facility, which, which is fine. But I just want them to know that, and we're giving free publicity what? to Montefiore Einstein and City MD, so, yeah, and Etihad, yeah. So they're they're there. Well, whenever I tell my family where I'm going, I I'm, I don't say the Etihad no. City Football Academy because they would say what? I just say Orangeburg. Orange. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, but I'm listening. I'm a Sirius XM subscriber, uh, and I, I I get it gratis because I host a show on Sirius XM. Uh, but I'm constantly listening to the radio, and I'm in the car a lot. And uh, so I'm listening to uh, a lot of great music. 
and I love it. But Howard Stern was interviewing Paul Simon. And I just want to tell a Paul Simon story. I, I, I found this just to be, and this is the, the joy I have. And, and one of these things I think relates directly to the radio. So it's two stories. So humor me. You got, I got two more minutes. Then I, I, want, I want to know what, what you think. What time as you want. Go ahead. So he tells a story of, and, and they're talking about uh, fame. And he said, well, mm. one of the attributes of fame is I'm, in, which means he has a lot of money, is that I could just take my family and go do a, uh, uh, go to the Amazon to do and and hire someone to to show us around these these more rural parts of the world. So mm-hmm. he he tells the story of going into a village that has like twenty five huts, thatch huts, and as they're walking around, in front of one of the huts is a young lady who has a, a guitar, sort of a handmade guitar with nylon strings, and he. Uh, he walks up to her and, and she tells him a little bit about, you know, the, the guitar. And, and he goes, do you know any songs? And she now keep in mind, she has no idea who this is. She plays Sounds of Silence. <laughs> How unbelievable. I found I almost drove off the road. I thought that was just I got like That's a great. chill. Yeah. You know, he's in the I mean, he's in the Amazon in this little thatched village. And uh so that was interesting. And now the other thing he said, which I think relates to radio and why we love radio so much, Roberto, mm. he was talking about the moment that he felt that the musical industry lost itself. And he said it was the start of um, MTV. A music video yeah, because people were became more enthralled and focused on the pictures and and the creation of that rather than the music right and it's the same thing in radio i i remember you know i never uh harry harrison all these guys on a these people um uh, the the newfm crew dave herman yeah. and and scott muni i had never all we heard were their voices right and we didn't know what they looked like there were no pictures everywhere and you could go on social media there was no social media so um, and I remember almost being disappointed the first time, you know, I, I, I saw one of them. It's just oh, it's almost like you didn't want to see them or they didn't look like they sounded or whatever yeah, it might be. That, that happens. And uh, so it's um, it's an amazing medium radio. And I, uh, you know, just to to be able to uh, have a series XM, I think is great. But, you know, if you don't have disposable income and have, you know, it's, it's a luxury, you know, you have to pay for it. It's a subscription and and pay through the nose. If you don't go and threaten to, uh, to, to terminate the contract. So you can get so many great channels, a Stevie, little Steven, uh, Stevie Van Zandt has his own channel and he is an unbelievable storyteller. And I know you like storytelling, but anyway, so, uh, Give us a listen on the radio because there's a there's a certain amount of creativity there, I think, and, and the pictures that are formed. And if you're watching it on Apple and you're just listening to us, same thing, man. You get a little bit more description because, you know, we're 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 trying to Paint give you that picture. So that, you know? that's so, what we're yeah. doing. The whole point of yeah. our descriptions in the radio is to be able to paint a picture so the person can fully imagine what the play exactly was like. It's setting yeah. the scene and telling them what, what it is. So in, in radio, because we've both done radio, we've both done television, 
you know, in radio, you're painting the picture and you're setting and, and you're describing everything. In TV, you don't have to do that. And you're, it's more of an analyst medium. Yeah. And you set your analyst up to be able to tell you why something happened. And there's On an radio, form. it's a matter of yeah. more of the description sure. of what is happening. And then, obviously, you let your analyst do his thing. It's it's less for the analyst on radio, and it should be more for the analyst on TV. Yeah, yeah. It, both are an art form, and it's uh, it, it's really a privilege. Now, to give you an example, so New York City defeats Orlando City 2-0 at City Field. The first goal was scored after Santi Rodriguez's penalty was saved by Pedro Galese. But the alert, Montsef Bakwar pouncing on it, half volley header to finish. So here's Roberto's call of it. Es uno de uno esta temporada. Prepara la pierna derecha. Galese agachado. Ahora se levanta. Viene el tiro. Lo paró. Contra el remate. Gol. The New York City. Es Bakwar de cabeza se lanzó de palomita. Y New York City tiene la ventaja 1-0. Baclar, su tercer gol en cuatro partidos. Se levanta el estadio. New York City tiene la ventaja. Y veremos qué sale de todo esto. At I the got end, the, the fourth goal overall, he scored third for MLS. I caught that, the fourth goal. At yeah. the end, my, my comment was, well, let's see what happens after this. <laughs> Well, what happened and, is, and that just came right out. I mean, that's what I felt, right? It, it, yeah. it, it, that was my feeling because exactly. we've seen the team blow a whole bunch of leads this year. So it's like, all right, let's see. Because, I mean, th this win is such an important win, not only because it keeps you alive as far as uh, trying to qualify for the playoffs. And once you're in the tourney, you're in the tourney. Yeah. And then it's a crapshoot, and who knows what could happen. Somebody gets hot, and God knows what could happen. But you got to get into the tourney. But the, the point was, is, uh, I mean, for me, in general, that game, it's like the best game that they've played since they beat Dallas 3-1. to one. Yeah, and that was on April the 22nd, so it, it was certainly one of the better games. And what you're referring to also when you say what happens next, New York City has been unable to get that second goal, which can kind of you know, almost seal it. So, 68th minute, uh, now it'll be my call of Tylus Magno scoring for his first time since that April 22nd game. Here it is. Play Santi Rodriguez on the right. Rodriguez high in the air to win a challenge. And now he's set up one-on-one -on -one with Santos. Little ball on the ground to find Jason. Back post Tylus Magno! And Magno scores from Jason! It's a head ball goal! And he's getting mobbed by his teammates. They know how important that is to him. He's down on his knees. His head is on the ground. And he is visibly emotional and crying, scoring his first goal since April the 22nd and giving New York City a 2-0 lead. Well, what a moment here as Jason put in a great ball. And Magno high into the air. And the redirected header with power to beat Calesse. Well, really, the emotion there. And uh, I got caught up in it. And Apple TV did a great job of getting the pictures, the, the close-up, where you could really see, you know, Magno's head just bobbing because he was sobbing, you know, on this delivery from Jason. And Andres Jason just told us, uh, he was the player featured this week at the presser, that he didn't see Magno there, but what they train is to play the ball to a spot 
And then it's the guy off the ball that's responsible for getting there and putting it home. And Andres, uh, Jason, he admitted that he put it a little bit behind Magno and Magno with the tall frame and the, the strong neck muscles to really uh, develop. A, and and uh, we're going to listen to Roberto's call in a moment, too. But it was just a it was a great finish. It's a great finish. And there's a little bit more insight, right, as far as how New York City plays and what, what they're looking to do and yeah. what they train and what their philosophy is. It isn't like he's got to look up to see who's there. He has to put the ball in a certain spot and somebody better be there. That's the yeah. point. And right. I think it's a really, really good point about how to play the game, right? It's one of the ways. It's not the only way, but it's one of the ways to play the game. And that's the philosophy. And it's one of his real, you know, it's one of his strengths, Magno. He's very good in the air and he's tall. He's lanky, but he's got, you know, he has spring in his legs. And obviously he's got a damn strong neck because from that distance to put the ball right into the upper 90, I mean, that was brilliant. And while he's moving backwards and yeah. st getting stationary and, and uh, just a really fabulous finish. And uh, yeah, and I, you know, you talk about uh, part of it, you know, here's the delivery and you better be there. Richie Ledesma played a beautiful ball across the uh, top of the six in the first half of the game where nobody was home. It, it, like, Santi Rodriguez didn't get there. Montsef Bakrar didn't get there. And our call was like, someone should have been there because there was enough time to see the play developing on the wing and then the ball being played across. Okay, so Magno scored. It was such a great goal. We're going to give it to you again, this time in Spanish. Santi ahora bailoteando, toca para Jason, viene el centro, Magno de cabeza, gol de New York City, Tyles Magno, el primer gol que mete desde el 22 de abril, Magno se tira al piso, todos celebran con él. Well, and you asked uh, Andres Jason too about post game in the locker room and you know he gave a good sense of uh, the emotions there and first thing he said was everybody was so happy for Tylus and and New York City fans are happy as well and you hope that this is maybe the moment that catapults him back into you know into the goal scoring machine that everybody thinks that he can be that he's got the talent to be and um there was something interesting today in the press conference. The part that I missed while I was interviewing Andres Jason, uh, there was a question about using Magno. And you, you were here, so you tell me a little bit more about this. It was a question to Nick about using Magno and Bakrar. And he had said something about that they don't play. Can you give me a little bit more context on that? No, well, it was playing them together, I think, right. was the question. And the idea is when you talk about playing together, you might be thinking of them as twin strikers. And I think Nick was just differentiating. Nick Cushing was differentiating that, uh, you know, he'd be on the left and certainly they'd be connected at times, but that New York City doesn't play with two strikers. So his point was that they're not going to play together up top. Right. But they, they, but they can, can be play able... together and they will play together. I mean, yeah. you'll, you're going to see them at the beginning of the match on um, Saturday against Toronto. And, which is tomorrow. I keep thinking today's Thursday. Today's Friday, right? It, it is Friday, yes. All right. And, you know, and it's like the, 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 the question also was uh, directed in a manner that it looked like they were working well together, which, you know, for the amount of time they've been together, it, it did look uh, as if they enjoyed playing uh, together. That is uh, Magno and Bakar. So, uh, look, it was, it was just a great, Coming out for for Tylus Magno, who's been in that drought for so long, and 
and for New York City, they obviously hope it continues. New York City, uh, officially, I had a mathematician figure this out, Roberto. They are not in control of their own destiny in no shape or form. So even if they win out, uh, they're still going to need help uh, mm-hmm. along the way. But we do know that they're playing some teams beneath them that w- are going to, and, uh, and slightly above them, that are going to give them some opportunities, including DC United, who's in ninth, and Chicago, who's where's Chicago at? Uh, they're 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 below them a notch now. I guess. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So uh, at the last, I thought I, I went back and, and to try to see when is the last time New York City was in playoff position, like in okay. ninth, ninth place or higher. It was May the seventeenth. And it was after the 1-1 draw at Orlando. Okay. Gabe Siegel scored late. Assist Tylus Magno. So Magno's had some pretty good moments against Orlando. And we hope that they, uh, well, well, at this point, we hope they continue against Toronto for New York City fans. If, uh, if and when, you know, he comes into the game, if he starts or he comes in off the bench, whatever, whatever they wind up doing with him. And uh, you would hope that at this point, Maybe me- mentally, that that's a, a relief moment for for Magno. You know, knowing again that he can do that, and that again gives him a sense that he can go and you know be more aggressive and relax and breathe and not have to worry about you know when am I going to score again? When am I going to score again? Yeah. Which you you would figure that that would be part of the mentality because I mean last year he scored a bunch of goals and this year he hasn't. Yeah, relief uh, to say the least. The fact that he was sobbing after the goal, I think, really, uh, really said it all. So you've got Toronto now. This team, I don't know what to say about Toronto other than John Herdman's taking over on October the 1st. So they still have Terry Dunfield uh, as the interim coach. Uh, they're coming off the 4 0 loss to Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, all four goals by Miami scored after Messi and Alba had left the field injured. That's been a pretty uh, public thing now that uh, those two uh, were were out of the game. Uh, four goals scored. Messi's not going to play this weekend. Tata Martino has already said that. Uh, I, he didn't really, I don't think, I didn't know if he commented on Alba as well in, in that talking about not, I think Alba's out this weekend too. I think so too. When they're playing Orlando. So it's going to be. Uh, and Orlando little... is going off for blood in that game. Yeah. Well, because uh, Miami eliminated them in a really, really testy game in League's Cup. Mm-hmm. Well, that was uh, that was really Araujo, Araujo on Messi. He, I mean, if Messi got a headache, Araujo was taking the aspirin. Seriously, <laughs> it was that he was that close to him. Well, and uh, that was a very I guess very we should have game. Orlando clinched, even though they lost to New York City, they clinched based on other results. Uh, uh, on on uh, there were night. huge results that happened that because teams came from behind, and so yeah. uh, Cincinnati came from behind in the seventh minute of stoppage time and tied Montreal. Huge, and then Philadelphia came from two back and they tied it in the seventh minute. Uh, in the seventh minute of stoppage on time, a Daniel Gazdag penalty. Yeah. He is now <laughs> he's eleven for eleven this year. Eleven of his thirteen goals. Our penalties. He did miss one in League's Cup, by the way. I I didn't know that. Uh, I, I guess I'm only going MLS, mm-hmm. though. He's 19 for 19 in MLS. Yes, I, I, I mean I was shocked. He, uh, it was in a penalty shootout, and he missed. And I was like, "What?" And he did. I forgot that. Thank you, Roberto. Welcome. Now, Meanwhile, Toronto. Toronto. Lorenzo Insigne, 7.5 million annually. Federico Bernadeschi. Six point two five million annually, and pissed that he's not making the same amount of money as Insigne uh, is. And DeAndre Care, uh, he's a cur. He's I don't know what he's on, but it's yeah, it's 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 less than uh, much less than those two <laughs> Considerably. guys. I think he's uh, seventy five. He's got their gas money. Seventy five k. Uh, 
but that's for about $14 million and Toronto can't score goals. So uh, it's pretty interesting. They're both attacking players. Uh, uh, Insigne has four. Uh, Bernadeschi's got five in terms of goals. And, and uh, Toronto's just been a nightmare. Uh, we know that. But not long ago, well, it was right before the international break, they mm. beat Philadelphia three to one. Yeah, that's that's their only win, by the way. That was at BMO. It yeah, was uh, a home game. They've but... lost twelve of their last thirteen matches around all competitions, and the that's only victory is over Philadelphia. I was like, "What? They beat Philly? It was three to one game." And what's that's... interesting too, up at BMO, <laughs> there were twenty five thousand people. I mean, yeah, people are still going supporter. to the games. I love they it. They still go to the games, which is great. I mean, on. that is really great because it shows that they love the team no matter what. And uh, so, would and you would supported. you say the same thing about the New York City supporters that don't won't come to Red Bull Arena on a Saturday night? They love the team no matter what. So they're going to come no, to New Jersey. They're not going to come, especially, a, with that, especially no, with that. By the way, there's no difference. If I could use the words, by the way, like you like to use. Well, well that's fine. Anyway, Toronto, here's another stat that's sort of crazy. They haven't won any of their last 19 matches away. The last time that they won a game that wasn't at BMO Field when was, was in August of 2022. It's over a full year. I can't. I didn't know that. I'm hold on. I've got to recover from that stat. Okay, I'm back. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's it's it, it is I, what it is. It's so uh, that's why I asked during the press conference and uh, during press conferences if there, you know, if there is a problem of this being a possible trap game because they're playing Toronto and then they're playing into Miami next week, and th- this team can't afford to have a trap game. There's no such that, and that seemed to be the mentality that uh, Nick Cushing spoke about and that Andres Jason spoke about, is that, you know, they, they can't be, you can't have a letdown. They desperately need any and every single point that they can get. So uh, the last time New York City played them was at Red Bull Arena, and they smoked them 5 zip. So when you uh, listen to our radio broadcast now after we've encouraged you at the top of the show here yes. uh the uh on the pregame show you're you'll hear andres jason i i believe right yes on the spanish uh commentary and on the english commentary are exclusive and they're both exclusive uh one-on-one with nick cushing which we have before each game our, our airtime both of us is seven fifteen p.m eastern on a Saturday against uh, Toronto. I've yes. got to share something about the interview, okay? Because yeah, please I, do. I don't know how many people actually speak Spanish or tune in. So uh, Andres, his, his Spanish, okay? So his dad is Argentinian, his mom is Spanish. But uh, they wound up vacationing a lot in Spain and all that. So he had a very heavy Spanish accent. And uh, he spoke with, like, instead of saying Barcelona, he would say Barcelona. You could hear ah, it. In his, wow. He says, but once he got here and he started hanging out with the Argentinians, all the Argentinians, okay, the Tati Castellanos of the world, and now Cufre and, uh, and, Mati, and Mati Pellegrini and, you know, all their, it's, it's contagious. Argentinian Spanish is absolutely contagious. And so now it's sort of like toned down and he almost sounds a lot more Argentinian than he does Spanish. It's wow. like, and I All said, right. so what about the Mexicans? And I said, what about like Luis Barraza and, and Richie Ledesma and Edward Aguilar? And uh, he goes, no, 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 not Mexican. It's, it's more Argentinian. So it's fun. And his, and, father, uh, remember his father is a rugby guy. You know, uh, and mm. Argentinian rugby is huge. And, uh, and, and uh, it's, his last name is probably Hasson is really the way to pronounce it. But they've so maybe Americanized Nick, it. Maybe Nick Cushing's got it. Uh, He's got it right now, all the way, yeah, you know. But the, he we, Americanized it, and it's Jason, and that's the way they say it. And that's the way we will continue to say it because right. that's the way he wants it. Well, 
So, Andres, Jason, uh, you would think would uh, be earning another uh, start based on his performance uh, uh, overall uh, against Orlando City. And I don't know if you gave this stat on your broadcast or not. I don't know. But uh, Sean Cabrera uh, looked it up again, and uh, he does a great job helping us out on our Spanish broadcast. So Jason, again, leads MLS in fouls received per 90 minutes. He was at 4.11 before last game, and he received six fouls. Yeah, six fouls on the last game. So two years ago when he was a rookie. He was on the ground, man. Yeah, two years ago when he was a rookie, he led the league, you know, with over five fouls received per game. Yeah. And I said, you know, you, you got to get fouled more. <laughs> yeah, he, but he, he uh, it, it's an amazing stat. He's very good at it. He sacrifices well, he, uh, his body. Well, but, but beyond that, he gave a real description in his presser mm-hmm. um, uh, today. And you could go back and uh, hear that at some point. I'm sure we'll we'll play some clips or something. Uh, not here, but uh, uh, across the way, because I'm interested in, in replaying that as well. But the, the use of his body. But I thought the th- really interesting thing, and give him massive credit, because no one... I haven't seen anybody in the league draw fouls better than he does. Maxi Morales was up there, yeah. But uh, he uh, he reads the body language of the defender's approach, and then sets himself up. So he really the he the defenders are setting themselves up for the fouling disaster at that moment because Jason's going to tumble and he did smile when I said sometimes there's contact and sometimes there's not and he just looked and smiled at me oh, there's but no a, way that he would cheat I mean I'm, <laughs> sh- I'm shocked that you would suggest that no but no. one of the things that he said and it was really important he says that he uses the defender's aggressiveness against them and it's great and it's like the same thing yep. that you would do in the NFL when you have a uh sure. A play action pass, right? When the defense is really, really aggressive and they're coming after the quarterback the whole time. Yeah. And you do that play action, it freezes the linebackers and uh, you get a little bit more time. All right. So, uh, New York City against Toronto. That's the next one. Another uh, knockout playoff game in the regular season for New York City. All right, Shane, let's do some kicking it around, huh? All right, there's a former NYCFC Academy player who has the distinction of becoming the first American to score in a UEFA competition in the 2023-24 season, Dante Palvara from Pleasantville, New York. There he is celebrating his goal. He scored against Eintracht Frankfurt, although his his club uh, ended up losing the match uh, 2-1. And... It's uh, it's really a wonderful story that uh, this young man who and he's a winner, right? Uh, he won two Academy DA championships with New York City. He won the Herman Award as the top player in college soccer at Georgetown University, where he also won a national championship. So uh, there he is celebrating the goal. Awesome. Fantastic. Good, yeah. good, good to see. We like to see ex-New York City players do well abroad or any place else. Paxton Aronson, just quickly on the Philadelphia Union side of things, mm-hmm. he uh, started and played 45 minutes for Frankfurt in uh, in that game. So uh, that's some of that. Uh, I was looking back at uh, former New York City FC coaches. I thought, let's uh, see what's happening with them. In particular, it starts with Miles Joseph, mm-hmm. who was an assistant under Jason Kreis. Uh, for New York City FC uh, in 2015. And Miles uh, 
is the interim replacement for Gio Savarese, who got sacked by Portland. And, you know, admittedly a tough time for Miles, but he accepts the position. And uh, in five games, he's got four wins and a draw. And Portland has gone from below the playoff line to eighth place and above the playoff line. And so Ma- Miles is auditioning for the job. Yeah, I mean, and that the, too. The, you know, well, that is the case. Yes. He is 100%. He's always been content of being the assistant to being the second guy, which is fine. But now I think he's got that... Uh, that it's gotten in, it's gotten into him that he wants to coach, that yep. he wants to be the guy, and good. I hope so. He's such such a nice guy. He's obviously brilliant. So uh, we'd uh, like to see Miles succeed. If uh, if Gio Savarese couldn't stay in Portland, then Miles Joseph taking over for him that would be fantastic. We hope he he gets a job there. As for Jason Christ, uh, I actually stay in touch with Jason from time to time. And uh, had a recent communication with you. You're going to enjoy this. He said he's a free agent. Because I asked him, are you coach anywhere? What's going on? He goes, no, I'm a free agent. At, the reason I contacted him is that a friend of mine uh, wanted to switch from a 4-3-3 to a 4-4-2 with a diamond in the midfield. Mm-hmm. And the first person I thought of Jason. was Jason Christ, who, who won an MLS championship uh, mm-hmm. coaching that system uh, at uh, Real Salt Lake. So he, he wrote back with all these different things which which was really nice of him so that's uh that's jason christ free agent patrick vieira and christian wilson uh who was patrick's assistant here and still is at strasburg they're 10th at the table so okay. they're looking to get that um moving in a more positive direction but the the word is is that they're playing uh, much better soccer the supporters are happy so uh that wasn't always the case at nice where the supporters there are they're bonkers yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, the ultras there. I mean, they they camped out. I th- it, I don't think it was at his house, but they, uh, they they did something crazy at the training facility when it wasn't going well for Nice. So uh, Patrick's back in France at Strasbourg. Too many rocks on the beach. And That's then at Club the Rouge, it's Ronnie Dial and Efrain Juarez, and they're third at the table. And uh, Ronnie uh, getting promoted to this uh, club after uh, having some success. Uh, uh, on another Belgium side, uh, uh, standard Liège. So, yeah. so it's going well there. So it's just that I, you know, sometimes I forget, and then all of a sudden I'll check again. So I thought I would just share that, see what, uh, that see was... what the ex uh, NYC guys are doing. Well, that's awesome. Uh, good, good to hear. I'm happy for all of them. Hopefully, they all do well. All right. What else do I have here? I've got uh, the FIFA Puskas Award top goal of the year. So this just came into my inbox. I didn't even know I was on the. Uh, Apparently, I can vote for the FIFA goal of the year. Oh, nice. I, I don't know how that I, – I went to Qatar to the World Cup. Maybe somehow I got on it. I'm going to vote, and the goals are great. I, there must be a way to go on and find these things, Google yeah. it or whatever. So it's the FIFA Puskas Award. What you can do, Glenn, is uh, after, this do? is after this is posted yeah. on Twitter and Facebook and uh, Instagram, whatever, you can go and post a link. Of what the goal? Am I allowed is. to do that? Of course. After yeah, you can because I got a link sent media. to me. But is it is it? It's I could share it to anybody. It's that'll be all right. Yeah, you could share it there. Yeah, you can't all share right. it here. You can share it as a just like you share anything else. Like, yeah, just like you share your goal calls. Well, I think I'm going to uh, vote for 18 year old Linda Casado, and I'd like everybody to go watch that goal. She opened the scoring when Colombia defeated Germany two one. Probably the most. There were several upsets in the World Cup this year on the women's side, but this one was perhaps the most massive. And you just have to watch this goal. She got into the penalty area, the little juke, and then curled into the back post. And it was just uh, 
it was a remarkable finish, and uh, I think I'm going to vote for that one. There's some good ones though, including yeah. uh, Alvaro Barriel mm-hmm. uh, for Cincinnati. I don't know if it, it was. I think it was League's Cup. It was a corner kick that was set up for him. They lofted it outside the area, and he had a full volley with the left from about 25 yards out. An unbelievable goal. The Anton Tinnerholm goal versus yes, San Jose. Yeah, very similar to uh, to uh, Tinnerholm's. And then Julie Ertz had a farewell match for the U.S. women's national team. They beat South Africa, 31 years old, had an injury, then a baby, and then got herself fit to play in the World Cup. It's pretty damn cool. Yeah, and it's just too bad. I'm, I'm sure she probably... Um, was strongly considering or maybe had already decided ahead of time that that was going to be the her uh, her uh, swan song and it just ended so uh, so much in disappointment um, with the early elimination uh, for the U.S. women at the World Cup but 20, then, 22,000 at TQL okay. in Cincinnati to uh, almost uh, a sellout yep. because it's uh, the sellout there is 25-5-12 okay. and then uh, next game is Megan Rapinoe's farewell yeah and I hope nobody does uh, to Rapino what Rapino did to Heather O'Reilly uh, at Ho- Heather O'Reilly's farewell match. So that was a big deal. Heather O'Reilly playing her last match. And it was during the Colin Kaepernick uh, era of kneeling. And so Megan Rapino made sure everybody knew that bef- during the national anthem, she was going to kneel. And that became the entire discussion in the pregame, including the pregame show by the broadcasts. And so Megan Rapino, uh, through this uh, obvious, she felt strongly about it, but the timing of it was absolutely atrocious, and it took completely away from uh, Heather's farewell match. So I hope uh, I hope Megan has a good farewell match, and you know there there are no disruptions or uh, distractions away from someone who's done a lot for the women's game, a, a lot for the game, uh, a lot for women's professional athletes, a, a lot for women just in general in the workforce. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would never discount that, but uh, I'm not a particularly big fan. How's that? Seriously. Yeah, that's I, it. I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, well, yeah. whatever. All right, so, uh, hey, we got a broadcast, 7.15 Eastern on Saturday, where New York City plays host to Toronto at Red Bull Arena. Roberto and I will be there, and that's when both our pregames start. Him in Spanish, me in English, and this has been NYCFC Views. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast NYCFC Views on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.